0: Genesis 15, one through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliza of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born of my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him. This shall... This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look look toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. The word of the God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's give a hand to all our scouts this morning. That is not easy. Uh, I get, I get, uh, I, I forget how, uh, how hard it is sometimes to do something in worship uh, because you guys pay me to do it. But, um, <laughs> It is not easy to get up in front and to serve and worship um, in, in that capacity, and so that's awesome. I, I truly, truly appreciate uh, what you do um, for our church and for the community as well. Uh, so, to all our scouts, thank you so, so very much. Um, so, my name is Arthur Harrison. Uh, you may not have been seeing a lot of me lately. <laughs> Um, I have been on a drill weekend uh, for the last two weekends, Uh, the first times in 12 years of my reserve service that that's happened. Um, But I was gone all last year as well. So for those of you that are visiting the church, um, again, my name's Arthur. I'm the senior pastor here at Alabaster First Methodist. Um, But uh, we have had a lot of great, awesome things going on in the life of the church, a lot of things that are going on, and uh, and we are excited to begin sharing them with you. Um, So we're talking about beyond the edge of the map. And, uh, and it kind of got me thinking this week um, about some of our family road trips growing up. Um, on our road trips, I'm not sure if it's the same with your family, uh, the rules of shotgun were absolute. Now the rules of shotgun are whoever calls shotgun gets to sit in sort of the front passenger seat of the vehicle. Most of you guys are familiar with the game of shotgun. Um, but there's a couple nuances. Um, everybody who's going to be in the car has to be within eyesight of the car. You can't call shotgun like waking out of bed in the, the morning before anybody else is awake, right? You, you got to play fair. Everybody's got to be within eyeshot of the car. And everybody who's going to be in the car has to be present at the same time. And then whoever calls it first gets it. Unless mom's going to be in the car and then she gets it and everybody loses. But, but with shotgun... That front seat, that navigator position, that was was the place to be, right? You get the best snacks, because you're the one passing everything out. You get control of the music. But in our house, in our household, you got to be the navigator. You got to be the one that, uh, throughout the decades, it changed a little bit. You either read the map, uh, you either printed off the MapQuest directions... Or you are the one that kind of kept an eye on the GPS or the Google Maps or Apple Maps or something like that, right? Now, that is always this very powerful position to be, right? You're the one kind of keeping everybody up to date. You're the one kind of making sure, like, how long is it going to be, something like that. You're kind of keeping up with the timeline, something like that. And it all works out really, really well until there's a detour or the battery dies or then the signal goes out. Then, all of a sudden, when you're on a road, kind of beyond the edge of the map where you think that you're going, and all of a sudden you're not sure what else is coming up, uh, you have gone from uh, the hero of the journey uh, to the zero. (laughs) Because now everybody's looking at you, and you're like, I don't have a clue where we're going. But there's some pretty awesome things beyond the edge of the map. There's some pretty awesome treasures that you can find. There's some adventures that you maybe not had planned, but end up making that trip maybe one of the more memorable ones that you have ever had. Now, my mom and I, we used to take all sorts of different road trips to visit family during different times of um, things that were kind of going on. And at one point, she and I were driving up from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, We were going to go visit some uh, some family up in Springfield, Illinois. And you kind of have to go through St. Louis a little bit to get up to uh, Springfield, Illinois. And uh, on one particular trip up through St. Louis, uh, the traffic, whether it was construction or an accident, uh, just shut down the entire beltway around St. Louis. And so uh, we had to break out the old Rand McNally road atlas, kind of kind of get beyond the, the MapQuest directions that, that we had printed out. And we had to kind of figure out what was kind of going on, and we figured out this, this route that... We didn't see anything on it. There, there wasn't anything interesting that kind of popped up on our map. So we kind of had to uh, get beyond what was just on our map and kind of take this little side route and it ended up going through Collinsville, Illinois, where we found out also has the world's largest ketchup bottle. <laughs> Who knew? There's some pretty awesome things that happen. Uh, when you get beyond the edge of the map. Now, it can be a little anxiety-inducing. There can be some things that kind of uh, create some nervousness and, and different experiences like that because you're getting into uncharted territory. You're getting into something that you're not familiar with. Uh, you're not sure how quickly the turns come up. Uh, some of us, even when we're uh, driving with GPS and we're looking for a road that's coming up, some, for some reason we turn the radio down so we can see better. <laughs> I haven't figured that out at all, right? But But there's something different that comes when you're not exactly sure where those turns are or kind of what's coming up over the horizon or how far something's going to take. And yet there's some beautiful things that happen when you get beyond the edge of the map. So for the next four weeks, through the season of Lent, kind of leading up into Palm Sunday and Easter, uh, we're going to be talking about the sermon series beyond the edge of the map. And this is a visioning, this is a visioning series. So this is kind of launching into um, today, allowing you guys to kind of hear the vision statement that's kind of come up through our leadership over the last couple of years of, of their process of, of visioning. Um, but also over the next couple of weeks, kind of talking about um, some different things that are going to be going on in the life of the church, some ways that we're going to be leaning into the future of uh, the map that God gave us kind of led us up to a certain point and now. Uh, The future of the church is the point of where are we going to get in the next 10 years, the next 20 years, and what kind of lies beyond what we can see yet, and yet what God is doing right now that's going to help move us into that future. Uh, So we're going to be talking about some different things over the next four weeks about ministries of the church, but also stories about what God has done in people's lives through scripture and how that teaches us and what we're going on today. So each week, it's going to be a story about a biblical character that God kind of called beyond the edge of the map, kind of outside their comfort zone, just beyond what they could see in front of them, and yet something amazing happened. So the scripture that we heard read today, uh, the story of Abram, Um, I love this particular story. Um, Because if you kind of catch up to where Abram is right now in chapter 15, uh, you may have missed some stories uh, through chapter 13 and 14 that kind of fleshed out some uh, some hardships that this guy was going through. So Abram is sort of the central character that comes out of the story of Genesis, out of the book of Genesis, that kind of launches into uh, the rest of all of the rest of the pages of the Bible. (laughs) So Abram is the man that that God chose to make a covenant with, uh, to be their God and they would be their people. Now the problem was, uh, Abram and his wife Sarah didn't have any other people yet. And so God promised him that, that he would make from his descendants and his offspring a great nation. And at one point he told them that, look across the desert and as many specks of dust as you see flying across that desert, that's as many of your offspring and descendants that will grow from this covenant that I make from you. So he makes all these amazing promises, and he paints this picture and he tells Abram, uh, to go and to live in the land of Canaan, that that will be the promised land uh, that, that his family, that his offspring and his descendants will fill, and it will become the land of God, the people of God. Now all of the three sort of major world religions right now Christianity, Judaism, Islam uh, that we all track ourselves uh, to this one person, Abram. And later on in the covenant with God, we begin to refer to him as Abraham. And so those three religions are referred to as Abrahamic religions. We, we all kind of tie ourselves to this story that comes out of this point. Now, Christianity, we sort of believe in uh, the way that God sort of invited a, a larger circle of grace, a larger circle of inclusion that allows people that um, are not um, uh, culturally or genetically Jewish uh, to begin to, to join a part of that family as well. Uh, for most of us in the room, we're referred to as Gentiles, uh, that we're not part of the offspring of Abraham, and yet uh, God sort of grafts us into that tree and allows us to be a part of that history as well. And so this particular story where we kind of pick up today, Abram, he's, he's kind of been through a couple hardships since God gave him this, this promise, this covenant. And, and when God said, I'll make a great nation, and I'll make a great people come from your offspring, from your descendants, man, Abram's like, man, that sounds great. And yet right after that first encounter, there's a great famine in the land. In the land that, that God told Abram to go to, he now has to leave and go to Egypt to find some food to, to take care of him, himself and his wife and his brother's son. And while they're in Egypt, they end up spending some time there, but they end up coming back home. But by that time, their, their family, uh, between um, all of the, the different people that are taking care of his possessions and, and his brother's son, Lot, um, their family actually grows. They've got too many sheep. They've got too much livestock. They've got uh, too many people kind of helping out that the, the, the land that they've settled on can't even support them. And so Abraham turns to Lot and he says, man, you got to go. We got too many people. For who's living on this land right now, how about, how about you go to the left side and I'll go to the right side? He said, you take everything over there, I'll take everything over here. And so Abram's family at that point actually gets smaller. And then there's war in the land. All these kings from all these different kingdoms all of a sudden come together and there's a huge battle and there's a huge war and at one point Lot gets kidnapped and Abram's got to go save Lot and it's this whole crazy thing. And so Abram finds himself saying, God, your promise is starting to look a little bit different than I originally thought. A great nation? Shoot, we've only experienced famine. Our family getting smaller? War? And oh, by the way, even though me and my wife are getting pretty high up there in years, we still don't, have a, still don't have a kid. And the promise starts to feel stretched. It starts to feel pulled to where Abram's like, I don't know what this is supposed to look like. I'm not saying I don't believe you, but I'm saying that what I do see doesn't seem to line up with what you told me. And so God gives Abram a vision. He said, all that war and all that famine and all that separation and all that hardship, I'm your sword and your shield during that. But here I want to show you something. He takes Abram outside. And then the darkness of the night sky. Think about uh, the place that you were when you looked up at the night sky and realized how many stars there really were. He has Abram go out in that darkness. Tells him to look up. Everything that you can see. All of the stars. All those points of light. Count them. Tells Abram to count them. Count them if you can. That's the promise of your people. That is as numerous as the stars are in the heavens. That's the promise that I am still keeping for you. And Abram believes. And it's reckoned to him as righteousness. That belief that still comes and produces faithfulness, even in the midst of everything that that seems to stand in contrast to that, that belief was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, in my Bible, this story happens on pages 20 and 21. I have another 2,000 pages that follow of just how well God kept that promise. Of what that promise looked like when it came to life and dwelt among us. And showed us that light and that promise of God that was so much greater than anything that we had ever seen before. And that promise came to life in the midst of hardship. It came to life in the midst of famine. It came to life in the midst of war. In the midst of his family being separated. Of hardships and kidnappings. God says, I am still that promise keeper that I have always been. And I have always kept my promise to you. Just wait and see what lies beyond the edge of the map. And that's what I love, is he tells Abraham, uh, before this point in the story, he tells Abraham to look across the land, as far as you can see in the land. And he talks about dust, and he talks about sand, and as as numerous as the dust is in the desert, that's how numerous your descendants are going to be. But dust, it gets blown around, it gets pretty flighty. But this time, God says, lift your eyes up a little bit higher. Beyond the land and the boundaries that you've used to, look up to the stars, the things that don't move and don't get blown away, that don't fade out over time. Those things are absolute. And every night will be a testimony that my promise to you is still coming true. And this is a promise that we still feel in our midst today. We think about the struggles that we have in our lives. We think about our own pandemics. We think about our own wars. We think about the ways that our families have struggles. And the promises that God has made to us to be there for us, to be our sword and our shield, to show up for us time and time again, that promise is still a promise that God keeps for each and every one of us. And it's a promise for this community and this church as well. So two years ago, the leaders of the church and the pastors of the church, we, we were praying and discerning and felt like God was kind of calling us into a, a new period of visioning. Of imagining what this church does in this community and where our heart is and what God was calling us to do. And it was right as we were starting that process, only a couple months in, a global pandemic hit. And then you think about all the different struggles over the last year of wars and rumors to wars and struggles and loss and separation and hardship of decline, of denominational tension of all those things that might take our eyes off of those promises that might make those promises seem like dust that can so easily be blown away I don't think it's a coincidence that God asked us to vision right before everything got tough because I believe in what God is calling this church to do Now, we have an awesome mission statement that has guided us for a long time in really powerful ways. And you guys know that mission statement really well, to seek God, to love others, and to live in hope. Of what it means to seek God as often as you can, to love others, to be that extension of God's grace, to live in hope, to be the sign that people need to see in the darkness, that there is still hope and joy in this world. We also have a vision of what this church can be for this community, for those that need to experience the promises, the light, and the hope of God. So the work that our visioning team, oh, and through the, I was going to say, everything that happened, and you lost your senior pastor for a whole year. But the vision team continued to work through all of that to think about what God was calling us to do. And so we've come up with a statement. I asked Brandy if she could put that on the screen for us. So our vision is to maximize mission and service, offer engaging ministries and build a welcoming community of disciples connected across generations and cultures. So when we think about outreach and we think about mission and, and what this church really leans into, we don't wanna just do the bare minimum. We don't wanna just kinda donate money when there's a need that comes by. We wanna maximize that. We wanna maximize our mission and our service. We wanna offer engaging ministries that actually address needs that are lifted up in the community, of ways that families that are here and families outside our community struggle with needs that they have or questions that they have. We wanna be able to be uh, enough and engaging enough that we can lean into those and offer really real solutions and comfort and hope. We wanna build a welcoming community of disciples connected across generations and cultures, which means getting outside of our comfort zone being the ones that make the move first, that recognize where there's hurts and hardships. And instead instead of being paralyzed, instead of pausing, we lean forward. We welcome others to experience grace because grace is a story that stands in contrast to what anybody else hears in this world. That God loves us, that God accepts us, that God has a purpose and a plan for us and that we are a part of God's plan to help save this world, and that happens just outside what we're used to or what we've always done before, that we're going to start building partnerships with other community churches that are here in the area, that we're going to be the church that kind of helps to bring people together in a way that, that addresses some of the racial injustice that we've experienced, but also cultural differences that bring people together to where our community begins to look a lot like the kingdom of God and not just like ourselves. And so you witnessed even here this morning that God is truly up to something. Because we have so many things to announce today. We huddled up here in the front of the worship service to try to figure out how to make sure that you guys heard everything that was going to be going on from partnering partnering with organizations that that help address domestic violence to announcing our commitment to lean forward into our children's ministries with the hire of Rachel Myers to celebrating Scout Sunday and a lot of the engaging ministries and partnerships that we have. There's a lot of things going on in the church. Next week, we have Safe Sanctuary, what's gonna help train our volunteers and our adults that are gonna be working with children and youth over the next year. Later that afternoon, as part of our partnership with Safe Pet, we're going to have a blessing of the animals portion of the afternoon where uh, people in the community can bring by their pets, and the pastors are going to pray for their pets. They'll get a little charm. They realize that the the presence that pets have in our lives, and for those of y'all that know me, I have way more pets than I want sometimes. But I'm sure Julia's going to get every single one of them blessed. So just don't get behind her because that's going to take a minute. But we realize that there's opportunities in this community to really meet some very real needs. And it comes with every single one of us leaning forward in really powerful ways. There's a lot of denominational tension that's been going on in the United Methodist Church. For the last several years, they've been paralyzed and not able to meet, not able to vote, not able to make decisions. Uh, Because in a global denomination, it's hard to not only get everybody in the same place, but to get everybody on the same page. But that has not been our story here in Alabaster. You guys have leaned forward in incredible ways over the last couple of years. Of all the hardships that you've experienced, to be able to, to lean forward in ministry and seeking after God, loving others, and living in hope, man, you guys are awesome. You guys have done an amazing job. I got to spend an entire year separated from you on a mobilization to Fort Hood and got to witness from a distance everything that you were doing. And man, you guys were inspiring me. And I was 700 miles away. What you all do is awesome. And it comes in the midst of sometimes very difficult times. When God called Abram to walk outside and look up at the stars, it happened at night when the darkness is the thickest. And that sometimes happens in our lives too. When the hardship, the shadows, the doubt, the hurt, the concern, the weight of the world's coming down, pressing down upon us, there's several studies that have come out recently that saying that that this period today is the most stressing duties period of the last 50 years. That people are more stressed right now than they have ever been. And yet those signs of the stars point that we still have a promise-keeping God. Who is calling us outside of our comfort zones, outside of what we can see to show us something incredible? The star shined the brightest during the darkness. And we have a choice, just as Abram did at the beginning of the book, of how willing we are to follow those stars. And to even attempt to count the number of blessings and opportunities they represent. So let us walk into that future beyond the edge of the map. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me today? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. God, we give you thanks for your word for your scripture, because it reminds us that we are not alone in this work, that the same stories and the same struggles that we are walking through, God, you inspire us to remind us that, that, that you have been there before, that you have already walked through that and you are on the other side of it, that you are our sword and our shield during those difficult times. God, you are that light that comes in the darkness and that promise that is always upheld. As we walk into not only the days ahead, but the years ahead, allow us to realize the opportunities that we have to pour out your grace and your mercy. Through maximizing our mission and our service, God, for offering engaging ministries, for building a welcoming community built across generations and cultures, God, allow us to count those stars and those opportunities that we might follow you beyond the edge of the map into the days ahead. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.